Today, talking about rotating homes and rotating leaders. Now, when we read uh, of the early church, if you know your church history, or if you don't, I want to give you a brief overview, and then I want to look at some scripture as well. Now, we know that the apostles wrote, the apostles themselves were doing church in the house, and we also know they were writing to people who were doing church in the house. And so we ha- we understand that context. We understand historically, for the first roughly 300 years, the church was in homes. It wasn't until the 300s, 339 and such, um, a series of edicts uh, that legalized Christianity and eventually, uh, within a short time, made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. So you have to ask yourself, how did they go from 120 Jewish people in Jerusalem, baptized with the Holy Spirit, to saturating the Roman Empire in less than three centuries. How did that happen? Uh, Today, we would say it this way. We would say maybe Peter would start a church in a storefront or maybe in somebody's home. And then when they outgrew the home, then, uh, then you would think, okay, then they moved to an auditorium. They moved to a larger building. And that is the the mentality of people who just have grown up with the auditorium church, which has been in place the last 1,700 years. God's never left the home. He's always been in the house too. But but most people are acquainted with the the auditorium. So the question is, how did they go to saturate the empire in that way? It wasn't by auditorium, auditorium. I mean, look at the world around you. Look at the West around you today. Look at all the auditorium churches there, the buildings called church, and and it's not saturated society by any stretch of the imagination. That's not how they did it. Uh, we I've shared before the history of house church. If you've stayed in this subject of house church, you understand the history from Adam all the way through. So Acts 2.42 says this of the, the characteristics of their meetings, said they were steadfastly continuing in the apostles' fellowship and teaching and breaking of bread and prayers. That is fellowship, teaching, food, and prayer. And those four elements continue to, were not were true not only then, but continue to be the, the core of home-based meetings today. A house church meeting today does not look like the auditorium by any stretch of the imagination. Now in Acts 2.46, it says that the people were daily in the temple and also meeting house to house. So they had one foot in the in the temple and one foot in the house. And that period went on for about a year or so until the persecution, according to Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, was so much that everybody except the apostles left Jerusalem. And so they were they were in the house breaking bread from house to house. And we see in Scripture that there were core go-to houses. We see in Colossians 4.15, a woman named Nymphus, and Paul greets uh, the church in her house. We see Lydia being the hostess in Philippi. We see Philemon in Philemon verse 2 and the church in his house. We see Paul greet Aquila and Priscilla, a husband and wife team, who are mentioned six times in the New Testament. Four of those six times, Priscilla is mentioned first, and that indicates grammatically and also in church tradition that she was the main speaker and the main teacher. Um, and so it, they are mentioned as having a, a church in their home, both in Rome and then later in Ephesus. So when you read Romans and you read Ephesians and when you read Philippians and Colossians, uh, you know who, who the people are, who the hosts are. Uh, Acts chapter 18, verses uh, 6, 7, 8, and 9 talk about justice hosting the church in Corinth. And in chapter 17, in verses 1 through 5, you see in Thessalonica a man named Jason hosting the church in his house. And so you've got these house churches. And Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians 1, I believe it is, he talks about the household of Chloe 
meaning the house church of Chloe, and, and how they're in, in divisions and saying, I'm loyal to Paul, I'm loyal to Apollos, whatever. And Paul is straightening them out in 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3. And, and so you see the, the, the woman named Chloe, you see Nymphos, you see Lydia, you see men and women together who are the go-to hosts and hostesses of the house church. But we also know historically they didn't stay there, that when they outgrew a home, they multiplied out to another home. They didn't just go rent an auditorium someplace. They they stayed in the homes because that was the synagogue system. That was how they, they were raised. And, and they stayed within the home also later because of persecution and such. And, and and then they just multiplied homes to homes to homes. How do you do that? How can you move out of a home to another home if you're looking to one person having the message each week? And the answer is, you can't do that. That's not what they did. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, he said this, How is it, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you has a psalm, a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, uh, uh, tongues and interpretation. Let everything be done decently and in order. So he's talking about participation. But it's not like a, a classroom with one teacher at the front calling on people saying, what do you share and what do you share and what do you share? Now, Paul is talking about the practice of rotating homes and rotating leaders, that they all participated. And what we found today through nearly 20 years in our house church network is that seems to be what, what not only what scripture, you can't find chapter and verse on it, you can find it in the history, you can find it interwoven between the lines and understood that the focus was on Christ in you and it was natural and normal in that culture to host, to take in strangers, uh, hospitality, etc. So there was no thought of not opening their homes. So when they outgrew one home, they would just take a group and they'd multiply and they'd go out to another home so that they rotated homes and they rotated who led. This is what we advocate in our in our network and that's what what this is how it stays balanced. That's how people are you know the saying when the tide comes in, all ships rise. And that's what we see. When a person gets used to sharing, they learn it's not sermon-oriented. It's not, it's not uh, Bible study-oriented. It is what Paul said. You have a revelation. You have a teaching. You have a psalm, which would be something with worship, tongues interpretation, the gifts in the Spirit, uh, of the Spirit in operation. He said, every one of you has that. So each meeting is different because when you rotate homes when possible and you rotate leaders, even if you've got the core host home, you know, like with Lydia uh, in Philippi. Well, maybe the, maybe, speculation, maybe the jailer who also joined them and was seen in Acts chapter 16 as joining them and the jailer and his family, maybe he led, maybe he had input. Maybe one week it was Lydia, maybe the next his. And then as other people came in, they all shared, they all took turns. And, and so that is the way a healthy, balanced house church will function. If you think that that ha going meeting in a home and having one person sharing a teaching or a word every single meeting is house church, you're sadly mistaken. You've taken the auditorium invention that came along 300 and some years after Pentecost and tried to apply that to scripture, and that doesn't work, folks. The, the, the truth of the matter is they went from 120 people in Jerusalem at Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire one house at a time, family to family from the ground up and rotating homes. And when they outgrew a home because they were used to rotating, they were used to leading, they were used to hosting, they just merely multiplied to out to another home. And, and in that way, from the bottom up, from the grassroots up, they saturated the Roman Empire until Rome had to do something and legalize Christianity in the 300s. And, and so that is, that is what a house church, a biblical house church looks like. That's why we rotate homes, rotate who leads. 
uh, when possible. Now, there are some variations or some things you can do because you may have um, somebody living in a, in a flat, a condo, an apartment that's too small, and, and maybe you can't meet at their house, maybe parking is limited or whatever access is limited. Well, whoever the main go-to house is, maybe they just open their home but let somebody else lead. Uh, you know, get creative in it. But the idea is this, New Testament leadership empowers others because New Testament re leadership recognizes that Christ is in me and Christ is in you. Therefore, when you're not expecting a sermon and an outline and a, and a discussion, you can say, what has Jesus been doing in your life today? What is on your heart? Because I can learn from you because Christ is in you and therefore you see life and things are happening in your life with him that are different than what are happening in my life. And so you rotate homes, you rotate leaders, and in that way, everyone participates, all boats rise, everybody gets used to it, and gets, gets, uh, understands and gains experience in leading a group and, 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 you know, having that experience in there. And then, and then when time comes out, it's like, hey, we've got to do something. We have outgrown our homes here. Then, then you'll take a handful, maybe five, six, eight people, whatever, you'll multiply out. And you'll stay related. And what happens in our network, what has happened and, and continues to happen oftentimes is that those two, now they've got two with equal, they've got the same DNA, just like a cell, you know, like you learned in school where you see a cell divide. It's got the same chromosome, same DNA, and it, and it multiplies out. They oftentimes will stay related. Maybe once a month, once every two or three months, they'll do something together as a group corporately. But individually, they start rotating around their own homes and their own leaders, and then only, um, uh, yeah, every so often come together corporately and maybe do something creative, like go to a park or or go camping or go hiking or or go to the beach or something. Do something like that as a group or have big corporate worship and, and gathering time. It varies. You can be creative in it. But the point of that I'm trying to make today is that a house church rotates home to follow the biblical pattern and the historical pattern of how they got from 120 people at Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire. The way they did it was they rotated homes, they rotated leadership. Yes, there's always seems to be that go-to home, like Philemon in Philemon 2, and Nymphus in Colossians 4.15, and Lydia in Acts 16, and, and Justice in, in Acts uh, 18, verse 7, and, and then, you know, uh, Jason in uh, Acts 17, 1 through 5, at Thessalonica. So when you read Romans and Ephesians and, and Philippians and, and Thessalonica, First and Second Thessalonians and Corinthians, all those, you know who the hosts, the main hosts are. They're the main hosts there, but they didn't stay there. They grew. And that's why Paul's writing to the church at Corinth and the church at Rome. They may, may have started there, but then they are used to rotating. And, and like I said, the culture of the day, the Mediterranean culture of the day was that if you had a stranger, you opened up your home. There wasn't any thought of, oh, you know, I don't want to host any anybody uh, like it is in the West today. They opened their home. It was part of their culture. So it was a normal thing to, to rotate homes. Um, and, and you saw that home base there where, where it was like the go-to place. And, and that we see that happening today. So we know the Word and the Spirit agree. And so my understanding of the Word is, is true to our network now in 50 or 60 nations. We see that same thing developing where people are empowered to share, to rotate homes, rotate who leads. And so when you outgrow a home, you just multiply out and you can stay related and you're related to the larger network uh, of the body of Christ and connected to others in the body of Christ, whether they're part of a um, house church network or not. A healthy, balanced house church that's going to be safe and secure for those who attend is also going to be connected to the rest of the body of Christ. You can't disconnect from the rest of the body uh, because the Lord is fully capable of blessing people in whatever structure man gives him. 
But biblically speaking, historically speaking, they started with 120, they, they spread out and they met in homes. When they'd outgrow that, they'd just, mul- because they were used to, mul- to hosting and leading, they would just multiply out to other homes and gradually over a couple centuries and more, they began to saturate the Roman Empire household to household, house to house. So I hope that's been a blessing to you. Just some thoughts to, to think about and think about how a New Testament leadership uh, will empower others and learn to shut up and just let others lead, let others have input, let others share what's on their heart. And New Testament leadership is about empowering others. The auditorium leadership is about gathering power to oneself and gaining many followers. And folks, that's exactly opposite what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 46, where he said, you know, the Gentiles gather followers to themselves and lord their authority over others. It shall not be so named among you. And, and he said, if you, want to, if you want to become a leader, then you have to become a servant. You want to become a great leader, then you have to become a servant of all four. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but rather to, to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So think about that, how New Testament leadership empowers others. And that means you can rotate homes, rotate leaders. And then leadership is all about, therefore, the discipleship process of bringing people along in the Lord, giving them the experience of leading, of hosting, of moving in the gifts, of sharing what is on their heart. Once they become comfortable with it and that house church starts to grow, you just multiply out a group of people that are seem to be linked together and of the same mind, and they just go out and they start rotating among themselves. It works. All right. The Word and the Spirit agree, and that's what we see happening in the world today. That's what we can see in Scripture and in history. Hope that's been a blessing to you. Thanks. Bye-bye.